They had all the money, they had all the best clothes, they had all the best food, they had all the, you know, everything. We had nothing, it was all money. Money and Tory ages. That's what it is. It's, the Catholic Church has been proved now that they're a criminal organisation. It's all about the money, follow the money. Hi, I'm Naomi Murphy and this is the Locked Up Living podcast where we talk with a wide range of people about harsh aspects of institutional life. We also explore some of the ways to overcome them and to grow and develop. I'm David Jones. So join us every Wednesday morning, 6 o'clock UK time, for a fresh podcast. Hi everyone. Today we're meeting with Raphael Viola, who's a survivor of Catholic Church abuse. He's a campaigner fighting for change and accountability, seeking justice for the atrocities which happened at Croom Court Children's Home. Raphael was a core participant at the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse. Himself and many other survivors refused oral evidence and they want to know why core participants and survivors were silenced by the independent inquiry. Welcome, yeah. Raphael. Uh, thank you, Davis. Thank you, Naomi, for having me you on your show. Thank you. I'm really pleased to, to have you with us today, Raphael, to share your story. Yeah. But I wondered if you could, to give a bit of context, could you say a bit about what what early life was like for you and how you ended up in care? Uh, well, my early life, uh, I was brought up in Glasgow, born in Glasgow. Uh, my mother was Spanish. My dad, father was half Italian, half Irish. Uh, uh, in Glasgow, my my upbringing, I left Glasgow and moved to Coventry in 1969. I was nine and a half years of age, just turned nine when I left Glasgow. And my life in Glasgow, no, if you look at the history of Glasgow in the 60s and the 50s, it was, uh, it was slums, it was pure poverty. There was no work. My father uh, moved down from, uh, well, I was a happy go lucky boy in Glasgow. I know I went to all the Celtic football matches. My dad was a popper. Um, he was a, uh, a Celtic fan. Um, seen all the European Cup games um, when Celtic won the Champions League. Uh, very well at school. Never school. Loved school. Loved football. Uh, I had a dog. I used to go out. We had no money. No, it was pure poverty, honest. No, Glasgow was really, it was a rough city as well. No, no what, pure poverty. But we were fed and we were clothed, no, and we, we, we managed. But my father, brother and sister moved down to Coventry. Uh, so he decided to go down to join them and, and took us down there. Well, for a better life, because my father was ill. He was suffering from TB. He was in and out of hospital at the time. So we all moved down to Coventry. We were so excited, right? No, um, a brand new life, more prospects. There was no. I was really looking forward to it. Um, things changed when I went to Coventry. Um, as I say, I was about nine, nine and a half years of age, and I attended the school, a Catholic school, uh, which I done in Glasgow Primary School in Glasgow. Um, it was called St Anne's Primary School, a Roman Catholic uh, school. And at that time, the children were taking their exams to go to the big school. Right? No, no, I should have went uh, to the comprehensive school, 
Like Bishop Orathorn, that was the school that I was supposed to go to. But I didn't really fit in. Like I missed my pals in Glasgow and and when they were taking the sats, like it was all about English history, like Larry Cadive or uh, King Henry the Eighth. But I was brought up as a different curriculum in Glasgow. My sats were different. You know, Bonnie Prince Charlie or Queen, you know, Mary Queen of Scots or the Clyde, the shipbuilding in the Clyde. So when I come down, I've missed all that education, all the the education for the exams. So most of the times I was sitting in the classroom, didn't know. No, I never heard of Lady Diver, I never heard of the or the commentary, and it was all, all, all that. So I played truant, and we brought my dog down from Glasgow as well. So I was out with my dog, bird nesting. I was only a young lad, bird nesting. I liked all that sort of thing. Like, no, I liked the countryside. And um, so the social services got involved. Um, uh, they approached my mother uh, and asked my mum to sign a form. Now that form condemned me to go uh, to go to Crim Court. No, she didn't know what she was signing. She can't read English. She no, she can't speak English. She's Spanish. So anyway, I ended up in Crim Court. Uh, that was um, well. The reason why they sent me there, they said I was severely retarded. Like no, um, that was their excuse for putting me in the, in, in Crim Court. Now, Crown Court was a school for uh, severely retarded children and feeble-minded children. Uh, no way in a million years that I should have went there. Like, no. But I thought, going there, I didn't know it was a retarded school or feeble-minded school. I didn't know it no, was a special school. I was just knowing that I was going there, it was going to be run by nuns. Um, well, I'm not bringing in Glasgow. Like, no, I went to chapel, I went to church most Sundays. Like, no, we were brought up, these were holy people. Like, no, these were, no, no. Like, they'd never, they ain't got a bad bone in their body. This is why we were brought up. Like, no, you, you respected them. I, I was baptised, christened, holy communion, the law. Um, so, because we were poor as well. Like, no, I come from a family of nine. No, my mum and dad, that's 11 of us. Like, we lived in a three-bedroom council house. No, no, and they've done that to a lot. The social services done it to a lot of families uh, in MTS. Because what I noticed when I was in these homes, there was a lot of Scottish families. There was a lot of English, uh, Irish families. Uh, no brothers, and, uh, brothers. Like no, they were taking families out uh, for simple reason because they were poor. Like no, no, that was the reason. And I think they used us as a commodity. Um, so anyway, I ended up in Crim Court. Uh, it was run by Birmingham Diocese uh, and the Sisters Charity of St Paul's Apostles. And it was a t just a terrible experience, like, you know, from day one. Uh, um, it's like a concentration camp. As soon as you went in there, they, they picked you up from, I think it was uh, New Street Station, train station, I was picked up with, with a few other lads. And when we arrived there, we, were, no, it was, we got picked up by nuns. And as soon as the nuns picked us up in a minibus, you, you, you know, the atmosphere changed, everything was all changed. We arrived there when it was dark, we were made to strip naked, uh, put all our clothes in a box, and that was it. Like, no, it was a real bad experience. Um, then then the, the abuse started. Uh, we got told the laws of the school, we were freezing cold, we were made to wear these little 
short trousers, but hessian cloth they were. So you you constantly had the rings around your legs, the top of your legs, and and Wellington boots, and you constantly had red marks right there. Your lips were all chapped. It's freezing cold. The food was rotten. Uh, um, dropping a pen would get you a beating. Uh, 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 so I ended up running away because uh, I made a big mistake because. I think it was the next day or the day after, I was in the classroom, and no, uh, and I was sitting in the classroom, and, and they were holding up like little placards like of a cat and a dog, and I'm going, oh, what's it? No, like, and I, I, I made a mistake, saying, look, why am I here? Like, no, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm far more intelligent, and was, then I, I, they started calling me the clever one, so that was it. I was slapped around the head. Uh, dragged over the wall uh, to the to the wall, made there. I, I was kneeling for two weeks. This in my first two weeks at Crown Court, I was made to kneel facing the facing the wall. Um, so that, that was the start of it. Uh, so the nuns, they were just they were just evil people. Like no, they, they, they just hit you for nothing. Like no. What sort of what sort of age were you at this time, Raphael? Uh, I was just coming up at 10, no, about nine and a half at a time, nine and a half at a time, nine and a half. It sounds, it sounds very brutal, Raphael, but I was also struck by you ending up in this school for people with intellectual Yeah, that's from court, from court, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and wondering, just thinking about whether people appreciated how hard geographical relocation was for for kids in those no, days, you, know, yeah. you, you talked about having a different curriculum, yeah. loss of friends, having to adjust, yeah. that must have been quite quite difficult for you as a, as a child anyway. It, it, it was, because we've got no support, you know, uh, there, there was nothing there for us, like, you know, uh, a lot of people found it difficult uh, with, with, with my accent, because uh, no, I've still got an accent now. But you can imagine a nine and a half year old kid coming to the back streets of Glasgow, right? No, it's you couldn't understand us. Uh, but there's no support. So, was, was the main concern? Of, yeah. Sorry, was it was the main concern that you that you weren't getting enough education? Is that? Is yeah, that yeah because I played train for about four or five months, right? Mm -hmm. I know. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, and. and there's nothing to do with my welfare or anything like that. Like, no, they just met in the school, said that uh, they'd done a test on me, and they said, oh, he's severely retarded, um, he needs educated. And, they, and that's how I ended up there. But two years later, down the line, when I went to another children's home, well, I did go, well, I went to an approved school. I, I, I was, uh, uh, I went to a approved school and got a care order uh, for petty shoplifting. Like no, it's the same thing. There was a lot. They were doing that to a lot of states, a lot of people in that era, just for petty things. If you're poor, that was an excuse. You, you were in the care system. Um, so when I went into the care system, uh, I had an assessment at another notorious hellhole, Tenno Assessment Centre. They assessed me there. That was about two years later. I went to Tenno. When they get when they assessed me. Um, then they send you to whatever school is appropriate. I was a Catholic, so I went to a Catholic school. Um, then they do uh, like a test for your education, IQ test. So anyway, they must have got in contact 
with the education department in Coventry, and I got a letter. They got a letter from a, a Mr. T. Bond, the chief executive of Coventry Education Department, stating that I was misplaced. Now, how can I misplace now? I know, I know. One minute I'm severely retarded, and the next minute I'm normal. Like no, but it was a school for severely retarded children. So, no, I, I don't know how that worked. No, they used that as an excuse that I was severely retarded. No, was it wasn't they? I wouldn't know. Well, I ended up being a coal miner at the age of 16. And all, 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 all that. I left school with no qualifications. I came out of the care system when I was about 15 and a half. So I've only spent four months at the school that I should have went to. So I was at St Anne's Primary School in Coventry when I first moved in. I should have went to Bishop Oliphorn after, um, uh, six months later, or like, something like that. Then I should have went to Bishop Oliphorn School. So I didn't go there, but the last, last four or five months when I left the care system, I was putting back in uh, Ollathorn, Comprehensive School. Like, no, so I went in my education. My education was okay. My education was totally fine until the age of nine or nine and a half till I left Glasgow. But why did they make that big mistake? And I don't think it was a mistake. I think they'd done it deliberately. Um, not just to me, to a lot of families. They'd used any excuse to uh, to put us away. Because I never done nothing wrong with Crown Court. I never, no, I wasn't. No, all I've done was play truant. Like, no, I, I, I didn't commit any crimes. I didn't deserve all that. Like, no, and I thought, genuinely thought, I was going to a place where I was going to get looked after, my welfare was going to be okay, I was going to get proper education, I was going to be loved, I was going to be cared for. These are holy people. No way in a million years. So can you imagine what my upbringing is, going to chapel, like, even getting money in the collection boxes. My mum used to give money to put in the collection box on a Sunday. Like, no, the priest used to come out to our house, right, uh, no, and sit there and talk to me, I feel, felt sorry for my mum because my mum is Spanish and we come to a big poor family. Like, no, the next minute, now, it's extreme, these are holy people, uh, no, it's hell, I'm in a hell hole and I can't go there, who's going to believe me, no, I've run away about four or five times, well, five, maybe six times at Crown Court. Right, no, who's going to believe me every time I get picked up by the police or I couldn't go back home because my father was getting um, uh, threatened with prison and he didn't set me back. Uh, no, who's going to believe somebody whose class is severely retarded and you say, look, this is happening? Well, what is this happening to me? It was happening to all the kids. No, but these kids were feeble minded. These were severely retarded. And it's horrible when I think when I see them. I still see them now. The beatings that they were getting, like, no, and the priests were raping them, like, the, the gym teachers were raping them, the staff were raping them, they, no, we were told every day that we were nothing, we were degenerates, like, no, we had no future in life, like, no, we were putting ourselves to be punished because we had no future, nobody wanted to look after us, nobody loved us, nobody cared for us, like, and we were put right in the middle of your neighbour, like, no, uh, purse or, like, uh, the uh, Crown Court is a court, the Errol Coventry is a state, it's massive. The groundwork was done by, the, the landscape was done by Capability Brown. Uh, it, no, it's so impressive that they are, like, but when the, the, uh, the authorities come out to check on us, 
not they 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 put us out in the field, and they go, oh look, who's going to who's going to question them? Oh, the kids are all right. Oh, look at them, they're all playing. Nobody came near us. Nobody came over and checked on us or went like that. Or are you okay? Like no, because everybody trusted them. Everybody's trusted. In them days, everybody trusted the holy people. They were holy. Right? No, but far from it. Right? It was a smoke screen. Right? Um, yeah, you can really hear, um, Raphael, how awful that experience was, and um, and the fact that it, you know, it's still colouring yeah, your life now. Yeah, the water board me. Uh, you know, uh, that you were right, now, the water board me. They tried to drown me right, because they caught me smoking. Right, no, they locked me in covers overnight. Right, no, they beat the shit. No, the corporal punch. They, they get you in, in the uh, the dining hall, bend you over, take your pants down. And beat the hell out of you in front of 150 kids, and these kids know you could drop a pen. These kids are terrified. Like no, it was just evil. I don't know. I don't know. You know how evil people were. They they were just evil. They were not, even the gym teachers. Like no, there was one of the guys there. He got raped by the gym teacher one week, and he tried to rape him again. This is in the changing rooms, and he tried to escape the second week. He was going to do it again. He tried to escape. He fell over, knocked himself out on the bench, and, uh, in the changing room, and the gym teacher raped him while he was unconscious. Right? No, it's the atrocities that happened there. Now, there's been allegations of murder there as well, Naomi. Right? No, there's been allegations of murder, torture, rapes, abuse, everything. Right? Yeah. This has been going on for uh, decades and decades. Because I've got all the newspaper clippings from decades ago from other people, not just those who was at the inquiry. Right? Uh, corporal punishment is everyday occurrence. Like, no, there's people being taken out of that school and putting in mental institutions like ranting, and they're still there now. Like, no, sounds, and sounds some like people a, sounds like a really terrible experience, Raphael. Uh, 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 there was everything, but why didn't why is there no inquiry? Why ain't no no inquiry? And when you talk about the inquiry, the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse. They blanked us. They didn't want to know us. Uh, they didn't want to hear us. They only wanted to hear what was in the papers, what was in the public domain. They didn't want to hear about Crown Court with the atrocities, the, the worst atrocities what happened in, uh, 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 in these children's homes. They didn't want to hear it. They refused our evidence. Right? No. They promised us a voice when we went to that inquiry. They said, to you, yeah, you can speak. Like, there's five of us. Right? No. Right? Look, we've all got the same story. Like, no, why ain't no investigation? There's, you know, there've been allegations of murders in these statements. We get handed to an inquiry. Allegations of rape from priests, uh, gym teachers, and members of staff. Like, no, and even sexual abuse by the nuns as well to the uh, to your to these young children. Like, and you're not no education. They didn't educate us. They they educated us in, in religion. That's why they were interested in religion. And the book, there was five of us at that inquiry. Like, four of them boys still cannot read and write. One can read. He could only read Latin. He was taught to read Latin, not English. The rest of them couldn't read English or, or write English. But one of them, he's dead now, bless him. He died, he had cancer at an inquiry. He had no support. I like, know. I was in a wheelchair. There was no support for us whatsoever. They just let us rot. It's near enough as bad as the abuse that happened at Crim Court, that happened to this, this inquiry, and believe me, they, that, they... Raphael, tell us a bit about that 
2015, the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse was established. How did you mm. feel when it was about to happen? Well, um, I was part of the, uh, the, the TRIF project before the inquiry started. Um, but we weren't even really told what the inquiry was all about, how big it was going to be and how, uh, how big an impact it was going to be. We, we, no, we were told, oh, it's going to be an inquiry, right? No, uh, uh, and the impact, I thought, yeah, brilliant. Right? No, it's, this is going to come out because nobody believes survivors until this inquiry. Nobody believed us. Right? No, who told you, right Who was it that told you? Uh, well, I've got a lawyer. A lawyer told me about this inquiry. Because, oh, I didn't want to be involved in this inquiry, uh, David. Uh, no, I didn't expect to be like this now. My last stage of my life doing this. I didn't expect it. What happened was, one night I was watching the TV. It was late at night. And me and my two daughters were sitting there watching the news. The news come on, the, the local news. And it says, uh, oh, uh, St Gilbert's approved school, abuse investigation. And they were going to do... Um, a report on it on a Monday, a special report on it. Then it said it shows you a little bit about what was happening uh, with the inquiry, major inquiry, uh, um, Operation Quail, it was called. It said if you've been uh, abused at St Gilbert's approved school, please contact not contact this number. So I did. So that opened the, the whole can of worms uh, uh, that did to me. So I knew then people are going to believe me. What happened to me at St Gilbert's with these Christian brothers? So when this inquiry come up, I thought, yeah, no, I'm getting believed. My story's going to come out there. It's going to help other survivors. Now we're going to believe. I thought it was going to be, no, no stone unturned, like Theresa May promised. But they hardly turned any stones up. I, I, I told the inquiry it was a farce. I told him, I, I told Professor Jay to your face it was a farce. The whole panel, like, I had a breakdown. Because they wouldn't hear us. They, they can hear the Catholic Church's evidence. I mean, no. They want to hear... Uh, 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 Archbishop Bernard Langley's evidence, Cardinal Nichols's evidence, like, no, here are their evidence. Well, when they come to us, oh, no, we, we, we read your report, you're finished. Like, no, we all know all about that. I said, no, it's not good enough. No, I come, they get allowed to speak, and we ain't got allowed to speak. And people should know these atrocities, but hand at these places. But we got refused, we got refused, the five of us. Like, no, and it was terrible because we were promised a voice. We were promised a voice. And if I knew, as I says at the beginning, I went, uh, I've seen that programme, St Gilbert's Approved School, have you been abused at this place, get in contact. So that, that's what happened. I, I did get in contact. Um, but nothing was mentioned at the inquiry. I'll give all these statements. Well, well one, of, one of the things that we know about experiencing something that's traumatic is the what can make the difference in terms of why it's a lasting trauma is the response afterwards, isn't it? So it's not just the, it's not just having a tra traumatic experience. Yeah, it's actually it's, it sounds like, it sounds like there was scope for, um, it sounds like there was quite a lot of hope about ICSA when it first yeah, got set was, up. Yeah. And then it, it, and then it sounds like you didn't get the experience that you were expecting, yeah. but, but even right from the start, controversy wasn't there i wondered if you could remind uh, people listening what what the com you know the controversy about who was chairing and um yeah. some of the other um aspects of the, of the well i think uh, uh well at the beginning you know there was three before professor alexis jay 
like no, they couldn't find nobody clean enough to to uh, to to chair this um, uh, inquiry because they've all had a pass or they've, they know somebody who's involved, like Westminster, the Archbishops, or the Cardinals, or, 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 or whatever. So they couldn't find anybody clean enough. Like they all had a past record. Uh, and to tell you the truth, they're all in it for the money. I know. Like, how much did they get? How much did they get? Uh, Lord Goodard and uh, Rolf and, and all that. They were getting contracts, and when when they found out, uh, they, they, they were associating with jeopardising the inquiry. They kept all that quiet. Like, no, they wanted to go along with it, play along with it, so they were getting the money. But when it came and talked for them, like, uh, they got a golden handshake. Then they got somebody else, and it happened, the same thing happened to somebody else. He can't be trusted. Like, he, no, a lot of people pulled out of it. Like, no, uh, uh, the, the inquiry at Lambeth uh, uh, survivors, they all pulled out of it. They, they, they all knew what was, what was going to happen. How can you trust these people in the establishment? The people in the establishment, these are the ones who are abusing us. Like, no, so how can you trust them? So they've ended up getting um, Professor Alexis Jay. All right, she's done the Roxy Inquiry. But who, what happened with the Roxy Inquiry? Who do you apprehend in the Roxy Inquiry? A bunch of tramps. Like, no, like, you can't speak English. Like, no, are grooming young kids. Like no, they the ones no. I could have, I could have arrested them. There was nobody at the top. Like she got a lot of praise, but then nothing actually, because they should have went for the top, the top ones, the ones, the police. They should have went for the, no. These taxi drivers were taking survivors to the people of the establishments. Like no, but none of them got done. None of them. It was just these, these low lights who got done. Who anybody could. Uh, um, who could have charged, who could, could have prosecuted them? I could have prosecuted them, but nobody else at a higher level got prosecuted. Like, and you, and you say, uh, uh, Professor Alexis uh, SJ, like, I don't know, I didn't trust her in it, no. She's an ex social worker, and these social workers are a big, play a big part in sending these children to care. Like, no. For instance, they told they had me, they uh, put me away saying that I was severely retarded. Like no, they had a big part to play in my life. Social services did. Like no, survivors don't trust them because we've had experiences with, uh, 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 with, with them. Like uh, you're muted. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've just no, no me. Yeah, sorry. It sounded, Raphael, like you were saying that 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 survivors didn't really get a voice in the proceedings. So I heard you say that lots of people who were alleged to have played a role were given the opportunity to speak. Yeah. But that people who had experienced abuse within these organisations didn't get that opportunity mm. themselves. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Like we were promised to, uh, to, to give it. I, was sat, I sat that inquiry for four days. Like, no, uh, the, the inquiry started on a Monday, November uh, the 18th, I think it started. It was on for five days. I was supposed to, uh, Monday to Friday. So Monday, Monday evening, we went to the inquiry the first day, Bombing uh, My Diocese case story, it was called. The first day, I got told um, in the fire at the hotel room that, um, that the head of the safeguarding standards at Bombing My Diocese had resigned on Friday and she was giving evidence on, on the, uh, the next day. 
Now, I had that at the, uh, in the quiet room of the hotel at 8 o'clock in the evening. So when she gave evidence the next day, she couldn't even remember her name. She'd been in a job 40 years. She couldn't even remember her name. Then the next night, same time, 8 o'clock in the fire, I got told ask, um, Cardinal Vincent Nichols was not well and they put a sick note in at 8 o'clock at night. Like, that was up a third party again. Then the next night I get told, like, oh, the inquiry's read your record, uh, your report, um, uh, read, read all your statements, and, I, and they said it's okay, like, no, uh, uh, they've read it and they haven't got enough time to hear your oral evidence. Like, no, could you imagine how they feel? Like, they were sitting there for four days, well, three days, uh, sitting there for three days, hearing all these horrific stories, then getting told, we've got promised a voice, then getting told, oh no, we've read it, like, no, we ain't got enough time, but we've read it, but they never done it to us, they've done it to a lot of survivors, a lot of co-participants, what they didn't have, like, and co-participants, we want to know, why would, why would we refuse to give oral evidence, and they wouldn't tell us, no, nobody has told us, so, um, yeah, so on the third day, well, I ended up in the hospital, to tell you the truth, I had a breakdown over that, I ended up in the hospital tonight, and I was going to go back home the next morning. But the inquiry, really crafty, my lawyers, Raphael, we're going to read your statement now, is that okay? You, you know, I went, yeah, okay, so I compromised. You know what I've done? Two minutes statement, two minutes read out of my statement, two minutes. Then they switched, my, uh, they switched to uh, Bernard Langley, the Archbishop of Birmingham, and heard him for a day and a half. That's when I kicked off. When I said to the inquiry, what's going on here? Like, they gripped you. They duped us, like, no, from day one, they, they, no, they, they duped us. No, they put us in a big room full of uh, archbishops, cardinals, monsieurs, nuns, like about 15 in them, and you see them all walking in this room, and we are sitting there, like, and they're all shaking hands and cuddling and hugging each other and caressing each other, laughing and joking. Where's your support? I nearly cracked up. Well, I did crack up. I did crack up. Need you come near us. Need you come near us. It was just a, a, a bad, bad, bad experience that inquiry was. And one of, us, one of the guys who was at the inquiry, uh, he lived in London. He sat through that inquiry for five days, only done four days. He had no money, he had nothing. He was, he, he was broken. He, he proper re-traumatised. Uh, so he was phoning up the lawyer saying, um, look, because we were getting expenses, £56 a day expenses we were getting, that's for the hotel, and the, uh, we hotel that was for our food. So he was phoning up saying, look, I can't go back to my flat. I, I'm, I'm terrified. Like, no, I need, uh, could you help me out? Like the rest of the boys, the, the rest of the four, uh, he needed, he had no money for food, he had no money for transport, he didn't want to go home because, like, no, he, he lives by himself. Like, he's got many old problems, this guy. So when he's phoned the lawyer up and he's gone like, I, I need money, he kept on phoning up day after day. And then eventually the lawyer got back to him and I go, look, we're a law firm. Uh, we're not a travel agency. Right? And put the phone down on him. You know, I had to put that guy up in my hotel room, fed him, bought him drink because he's an alcoholic, he needed a drink. Gave him a breakfast in the morning. Like, no, the, the guy had nothing. And he was a co-participant. Like, no, begging for food, begging for somebody to sleep, begging for help. Need to come near us, but no, we were the last. They always they were interested in like keeping that inquiry going as long as they can to make money out of here. No, some of them lawyers are on seventeen hundred and fifty pound a day, and they can't give a guy a room or breakfast. It sickens me. 
you're, you're painting a very powerful picture, Raphael, of gross me on sensitivity. Um, yeah, the inquiry, the whole thing. And also of being a kind of outsider among a group of people who seem to be very familiar with each other, who seem to yeah, know each other. Yeah. Oh, hugging on, clasping each other's hands. Oh, how are you doing? Laughing and joking. And I'm going, well, no. And I, 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 I was hallucinating sometimes. Right? No, I, I, I thought they were, I thought they were warlords. I thought they were like witches and that. Right? No, I was hallucinating. I was really terrified, scared. And they'd come up to me and I'm like, are you all right? Or none of us. No, I'm in a wheelchair. The other guy's got cancer. He's, he's died now. No, no. But, but, but seriously, ill. And they become near us, they didn't want to know us. No, they were only interested in one thing, the gravy chain. That's what it was all about. £200 million pound that inquiry cost. Like, no, what is this, what have survivors got about? What did we get out of it? Like, no, benches. We get 150 benches. Like, no, I asked them for a wheelchair. I'm in a propeller wheelchair. I asked them for a wheelchair a few years back. We ain't got the funds. No, no, no. Nothing, nothing. Not only me, it's how, everybody. How might things have been managed differently? You know, are there things that that you could think could have happened that would have been different that would have made made a, a real difference to survivors? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. The the the, the, uh, the inquiry should have been truthful with us uh, for a start. They should have supported us uh, for a start, I and mean, they should have. I think. There should have been at least one or two uh, survivors on that panel. I don't know. It's, uh, because they didn't ask the right questions uh, and, and uh, nobody to stick up for us. Uh, nobody stuck up for us at all in that inquiry for the survivors. If we had a survivor there, one or two, because there is survivors there who are, are very knowledgeable. Because uh, no, don't forget, some of these survivors went to uh, public school, prep schools, who paid good money. Uh, very well equipped educational wise to handle this inquiry but they get shunned anybody who speaks out about this inquiry they get shunned like, no, they've even uh, I put a blog on um, it's time to put a blog on for me uh, and I was told to take this blog down now the reason why I was told to take it down or, or I was going to face legal action is because I broke the Data Protection Act like, because I've used my name uh, on this blog right, because I was under a cipher name number at the inquiry and because I've used my own name they threatened me with legal action the only reason why they've done it because I've got 57,000 uh, reviews on this blog and then they threatened me with legal action I'm going to tell my story how it is I'm going to tell no lies I'm telling you how it is how, what happened to that inquiry right, a lot of people no, they, they've traumatised a lot of survivors that inquiry has no because they should have given us a voice. Why didn't they give us a voice? Why, why ain't there no investigation into Crown Court? Even the QC at the beginning, uh, the um, the inquiry, when he gave his opening speech, he said, members of the panel, all I can say this is criminal. Right? No. <laughs> if it's criminal, where, where's your investigation? Now, there's been loads of us over the years trying to get an investigation into Crown Court. Why is it being blocked? Why is it no investigation? Why has an inquiry recommended this to Operation Hydrant? 
because you're talking about murder, rape, torture, the whole lot. I know, and it hasn't been going on for a, 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 a year or two. It's been going on for decades. Just look at the the, uh, uh, the media reports over the years. Every 10 years, it's in the papers. Like, people have wrote books about it. Like, no, echoes of the past. The horror stories. And it's not just one of us come forward. There's about, I don't know, about at least 50. On the, this is just from the papers and the, and, and the media. Where's the investigation? Where, why is there a cover-up? Is it because it's uh, a national trust? Right? No, I don't know. And before it was a national trust, uh, before the Birmingham authorities had it, a slave owner used to have it. Right? No, so that place has got so much blood on its hands, Crim Corps. No, a slave owner had it, then the Birmingham authorities had it, the Earl Coventry, I don't know what happened with the Earl Coventry, but slave owners and abusive priests, nuns and staff, that place is tainted with blood properly. That's hell. That's uh, proper hell. Yeah, thank you, Raphael. So, from your point of view, what has been the outcome of the inquiry? Well, what's been the outcome? Nothing. Nothing's changing. Where's the changes? I don't know. I don't know. They've all given their apologies. I know I was sorry. I've had five apologies. I don't know. We've got to be changing. That's mandatory reporting. You need two people now. Like, no, uh, for mandatory reporting. Like, no, these things should be put in place. Where is the support of uh, uh, survivors? Like, no, where is, what, what has changed? I don't think anything has changed. Nothing's changed. It's still only been uh, um, doctored up. It's going to be tweaked. Nothing's changed. Like, no, nothing at all. I can't see nothing has changed. No, no, have there been any changes? What changes have they come out with? Like, no, the recommendations. No, there shouldn't be recommendations. It should be put in force straight away. That's it, nice to These are children. There's been no changes. I can't see any changes. Only changes that I can see, there's a lot of pop-up charities are popped up. That's the changes. And these charities don't do nothing for you. Like, no. And you talk about Alexis Trey, when you asked that, that question about the um, uh, uh, her getting counselled. Like, no. She's got to be getting counselled because she's only human. Like she, and I'll tell you what, she's getting the best counselling, Alexis Day. The proper money can buy because you're dropping the position she's at. You know, we get we, our counselling, Samaritans. We get Samaritans. Go on the chat line to the Samaritans. Like, no, like, I'm not saying, like, no, that she shouldn't get uh, a, a counselling. But if she is, and I guarantee she's getting counselling, guarantee that she's getting that, she's getting the best. Why do, we, why do they send us to Samaritans to chat lines? Like, no, I can't understand that. Like, it's all one way. It's all one way. And as I said, changes. I'm trying to Sounds like not not only was the original experience very difficult, but it sounds like the hope that the inquiry carried for you meant that you wanted to get involved with that process, not not just for yourself, but for Robert. preventing similar situations for others. And I could, you know, hear that. Right, no, no, no. Shattered hopes and disappointment. No, I didn't set out to do that, Naomi. Honestly, I didn't set out to do this. But when I seen what was happening, like I knew I had to get involved. I knew this was wrong. Like no, no. Then it made, no, and the more I looked at it, the more passionate I got about it. I thought, no, this ain't happening. It can't. It can't be allowed to happen. And this is our chance to get it to to stop, to change. But there's no. It never worked. It never worked. That inquiry, two hundred million pound on that inquiry, and what have we got out of it, I don't know. And it, 
Like, I know I'm in contact with quite a lot of survivors, and we all feel the same. We all feel the same. Like, no, and they got all these new organisations who might know or talk to. Uh, they want to talk to us to see if there be any changes, but they won't listen to us. They only want to listen to the ones that they, they want to listen to. Anybody who's outspoken, like we, we haven't got a voice. They block us off the Twitter, like no, they threaten us with legal action, um, like but they never tell our story. They, ne they never want to. They don't want to talk to us, like no. So how can there be any pro progress if they don't want to talk to survivors? Because we're the ones who've got the most vital information that it possibly can be. We've experienced that. I live with it now, twenty-four seven, but. I've been re-traumatised now, only like no through all this. Like no, my life was messed up before all this, but now I constantly think 24/7 about this inquiry and what it's done and what it's doing to other survivors. Like no, if there would have been change or help, like I'll be praising them, oh, brilliant. Like no, but I can I can see nothing, and it's going to be another inquiry in ten years' time, and it's just this is going to be brought up, and it's no, nothing's changing. I can't see any change. No, no, can't see it. If they tell me it's changed, I, I, no, I, I thank them. But I've got nothing to thank them for. Nothing, because... Yeah, it's really horrible to think that people were willing to put their own well-being to one side in order yeah, to yeah. contribute and make it make a difference. And then, yeah, and then I, I think it was obvious. It's obvious. But you... But you're, you're writing a blog yeah. about your experiences. Is that yeah. one way that you channel your energies as a consequence? Yeah, yeah, this? yeah. I, I, and um, I'm writing a book. I've got so many, I've got, uh, well, there's, there's uh, two books. Uh, an investigative journalist, uh, he, he wrote a, a chapter in a book for me. And I've got somebody else, and another investi investigative journalist, he wants to write a book about me. No, I, I haven't asked them to write books about me. They, 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 they've approached me. Right, no, because my story is powerful and it's straight and it's straight to the, the truth. I've experienced that, I've seen it. I've, like, I didn't go to one children's home, I went to four or five, quite another one, five children's homes from the age of nine and a half to fifteen and a half. Right, and and it was all the same pattern. It was all the same. Like, no, there was no changes. Or, no, I went to St. Edward Boys School run by Father uh, Hudson's Homes. No, it was the same nuns there. The Sisters Charity of St Paul's Apostle, they got investigated for murder there. Right? The father, uh, Ed, uh, Eric Taylor, he was the first t uh, priest to get defrocked in Britain by Pope, uh, by Pope, um, I forget what one it was, but he, got, he was the first one to get defrocked. Um, now, the Sisters Charity of St Paul's Apostle, uh, the school I was at, I can't even remember being there. I was there a moment a month, four months I was there. Can't remember there. Can't remember not a thing. Not totally blank. So something must have happened there to me. I've either been on drugs there, drugged me up, or traumatized. I don't know what, what, what's happened there. But these sisters are charity St Paul's Apostle, at St Edward Boys School where I was at. Then I moved. Uh, before that, I was at Crim Court. Now there's been allegations of murder there as well. So these nuns, I've got previous. But no, this you just kind of make us up, or. Uh, uh, They've been investigated for murder at one children's home, the same nuns organisation. No, that's just you being all like, no, that, that never happened. But then you've got another school where I was at, allegations of the same thing, children getting murdered there. Like, no, it's no coincidence. One, maybe, two, two different schools, 
the Scottish government, why are these people being investigated? Why are these crimes being investigated? Well, why, do you, why do you think, Rafa, looking back, why do you think religious orders have been so involved in what has happened to children like you? The commodities. We were commodities. We've been commodities for, for uh, all, all the time. Maybe they sent us to uh, Australia, uh, to New Zealand. Farms are out there. Like, no, we, no, they, they get paid well. Like, no, when that Crim Court or these uh, other schools where it's out, like, no, they, we were getting looked after, just barely looked after. Like, no, they had all the money, they had all the best clothes, they had all the best food, they had all the, uh, no, everything. We had nothing, it was all money, money and Tory eighties. That's what it is. It's, the Catholic Church has been proved now that they're a criminal organisation. It's all about the money, follow the money. Like, no, they've done it for money. And, and, and for their own purpose, uh, for their own sadistics, carry on with the day. Right, no, abusing kids, they've got power. Um, like, who's going to question them? Many cloth. Who's going to question them? Like, oh, years ago when you talked about them, oh, don't say that, it's blasphemy, like, no, you, you go to hell, don't say that. Right, no, these are men of God, these, these are people of God, nuns and priests and whatever. These, no, Nobody suspects them. Nobody suspects them, so they've got access to them. Even before they get a job as a priest, they plan it. No, like all pedophiles do, they're very clever what they do. Pedophiles and abusive people, they're very, very clever what they do. They, they're criminals. But sophisticated criminals, they think, like, no, before they do it. They're educated criminals. Follow the money. So, so Raphael, you, you've spoken very powerfully mm. about not only the impact of your experiences in childhood, but also the experience of, of ITSA. You've, you've told us there's a couple of people writing your story. Yeah. What, what's, what's next for you to try and get some sense of peace? Um, oh, well, well, we're going to see change. Uh, no, if I see change, I'll get peace. But I haven't seen any changes. So how can you get uh, uh, peace when you can't see any changes? Or they don't show any compassion out. Like, no, they're just blanking us. Like, no, like, no, just kicked us out of touch. Like, they don't want, nobody wants to know. Like, no. And, and there can't be any change until they support survivors because the survivors have got a big party playing us. Because, as I said, these, these live at 24 7 today. But nobody's taking no notice of us. If you speak out, they don't want to hear us. No, we, they call us troublemakers. Like, no, I don't take no notes of him. Exactly, he's not. Or he's troublemaker. He's a troublemaker, or whatever. They use any excuse uh, to do it, but they don't approach us. No, no. If they approach the survivors in a decent manner, like, and let us speak and listen to us, then there'll be changes. There can't be any changes until until survivors get involved. And the only survivors that get involved, they're handpicked survivors. Like, no. The wives are in it for gain. There's a few survivors that are in it for gain. They open up all these new charities. Like, no, then they forget about the real survivors. Like, no, then they participate with the Catholic Church. But a lot of survivors don't want to participate with the Catholic Church. We've washed our hands with them. Like, we've done our best. We did offer our services to them. Went, look, we want to talk to you. But the way they treated us, like, no, like, we were like, no, because they won't give us a voice. Like, no, the one is on a panel, right? But they don't want to listen to us. Right? So how, how, how can that work? And, he got, and I was on a panel, 
with Nazif and Nazif, right now, we've all walked away from them because they won't listen to us. Right now, I was on that panel and he had some good people on that panel. Right now, proper educated, you know, who knew what they were talking about, survivors who could make change with people who were going to listen to. See, we're not listening to them lot, right now, because we call them double agents. They work with the Roman Catholic Church. They, 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 they get their... Um, they get their, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, the messages from Rome. They get their orders from Rome. Right? No, so how can survivors, like, what with people like that, uh, they get their orders from Rome? Right? No. And, and if we speak out, they go, oh, like, the blockers. They blocked me on Twitter. They, no, they blocked a few of us on Twitter. And of course, I've been saying, why are they blocking us? Because we're speaking out. We can't have a voice. And I think that's wrong. And nothing will change until they listen to survivors now. I'm honest to God, Dave. Nothing will change. They have to listen to us. They've so, got to listen to us. So, Raphael, we're, we're coming to the end of time. And I just wonder for, you know, all the people that are listening to the to your powerful story, what what do you have a message for them in terms of of, of um, what, you'd, what you'd hope for? Uh, yeah, keep on fighting. Don't let them get us down. Right, no, stick together and march on. Um, justice will come, and it's coming. Right, and I'm, I'm proud of all the survivors who are standing up. And, and more come forward, please. Because if I can come forward, anybody can come forward. Because it's a hard thing to do. But once you do come forward, believe me, like, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Right. Thank you very much. Okay, Thanks yeah, no, for no. being brave enough to come on and share your story. Ah, with okay. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you, David. That's yeah. very well put. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.